Well, that was fun while it lasted, wasn't it? One and done. Back down to earth with an almighty bump. You're listening to On A Pair. It's three friends talking about the game they love and the team they follow. And let's face it, an awful lot of defeats that go with it. I've got my good friend Peter de Sonberg with me. How are you, Pete? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Thank you. Despite the uh, despite the cricket, I'm good. Good on you. How was your week, sir? It was all right, I think. I haven't really thought about it, and I knew you were going to ask me that question. There was no drama, so I mean that's that's a good thing, isn't it? So yeah, it was all right. Um, well, let, but let's, let's be honest. I'm I'm playing second fiddle, second fiddle today, aren't I? Yeah, Daryl Butler had a much more interesting week than we did. How are you, Daz? I'm aching all over, Jim. You're aching all over. <laughs> and why are you aching, Tiger? Oh, I came out of retirement, didn't I? Daryl Butler played cricket, everyone. We will talk about his return to the world of cricket very soon. But I think the best way to start a show, the way we, the way we always like to start it, is with the news. Quite a lot going on this week, so a few headlines for you. Sky Sports have got themselves a BAFTA for the way they dealt with the response to the George Floyd murder last year. Michael Holding and Ebony Rains of Brent talking candidly and emotionally about the racial abuse that they have suffered and the issues that they have had to contend with in the game of cricket. Um, former England coach Trevor Bayliss has taken over as the Sydney Thunder coach. And Adil Rashid has been talking about how he's hoping the 100, which launches on the 21st of July, will encourage a more diverse crowd. So there we are. Now, we can't really cover the news without covering Ollie Robinson. The issues with the tweets he sent when he was an 18-year-old lad. Uh, it was uncomfortable at the weekend, wasn't it, Pete? It was an unfortunate timing as well, wasn't it, given the ECB initiative? But yeah, there's going to be a, an ECB investigation. He's been suspended from cricket, so we'll miss the second test. Lots more to come out about this, I suspect, but um, I guess we just have to wait and see the, uh, the outcome of their investigation. I mean, it overshadowed the fact that he actually bowled very well. Um, we should probably cover the England game quickly in the news. Ollie Robinson on debut had, had a good debut as well. James Bracey, perhaps not so much, but the, uh, the main talking point is uh, England's absolute refusal to attempt to chase a very generous declaration that would have seen a 273-run chase winning them the Test match at Lords. What are our thoughts, boys? It felt like we were a bit too embarrassed to go for it, didn't it, having been outplayed in the match? It, it was almost too generous in a way. Um, but we've been having Test matches without fans for nearly two years now. Give them a bit of entertainment. Let's have a pop and go for it. Don't get me wrong. If England end up 50 for five, they'd have been slated for that as well. So uh, it's really a six and two threes. But um, for me, there's fans in the ground for the first time in ages. Let's go for it. Let's try and get the win. I agree with everything Daryl's just said. It's a very clever declaration because the ball was moving. And, uh, you know, was it 70 overs or so? There's, there was an opportunity to bowl England out and embarrass them. But, yeah, like you said, Daz, it's, there, were no, there were no sort of test match points up for grabs. It was fans back in the ground at Lords. News. It felt like New Zealand came to play, and England just said, "We don't want to play. We're not playing." Absolutely. And I think yeah. you know, for 15 overs, you could just see off the new ball, like Michael Vaughan said, see off the new ball, see where you're at. If you're one or, one down or, or or haven't lost a wicket, have a go. Um, you're absolutely but, right. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, even 15, 20 overs, even if you've got 40 on the board, you can still you can still have a go from there, can't you? So there, there's no shame in uh, not not going for it straight away, but. Uh, we should have been having a pop at that in the, in the last hour, hour and a half or so, shouldn't we? They should have. Well, that, they... Said, that said, I did have a little bet on the draw at two to one on the first morning. So cheers, Joe. Michael Vaughan said it looked like that Joe Root didn't trust his batsman, and that's no great surprise. But I think it just lacked emotional intelligence. No one would have actually cared if they'd have lost the game and looked a bit silly yeah. doing it. The emotional intelligence of the context of, of where we are in life. And, uh, and a team that came to have a good time and put on a show yeah. and England England just took their ball and went home and it was boring and I thought it was weak. I think um, you've nailed that. And if, if it was a, the first Ashes test at the Gabba or something, then you could totally understand it. But in this situation, let's have a swing. Let's have a bit of fun. Yeah, quite right. Anyway, um, I suppose that leads us on then to uh, Worcestershire Watch. So, Daz, what's news? Oh, where do we start here? Uh, Sandeep has been released by the county, I'm afraid. Yeah, the visa issues that we talked about last week, we were ahead of the game on that one. Worcester News, take note. Um, 
he's not able to get his visa in time. If he did get to the UK now with all the quarantine and the COVID rules around the T20 competition, he'd miss uh, around about the first eight games. So it's uh, it's not going to happen. That's, uh, a, that's got... a real shame. It just felt like a, a lovely opportunity for something a little bit different at New Road, and I'm gutted about that. But we've uh, we've lined up a replacement. We have a Kiwi. Ish Shodi. <laughs> I can I can pronounce Sandeep's name better than uh, better than Ish. Um, she's well another leg spinner actually, isn't he? Kiwi leg spinner. He did quite well in the uh, IPL for Rajasthan the last couple of years, and he was the leading wicket taker in the um, Plunkett Shield. Did he talk highly about him, didn't he? Because they were together at Notts for a spell. So uh, fingers crossed. Yeah, he's, yeah, good, was, yeah, he's a good years cricketer. Years. He's a good cricketer. That's a good signing. And, I mean, they obviously had that planned because it was announced basically at the same time, wasn't it? So they, they, um, they, they had that in the, in the pipeline, didn't they? So um, bad news on Sandeep. Um, Ish Sodi, welcome. Good to have you. Um, uh, what else you got, Daz? I need a new flag, actually, don't I? I need to replace my Nepalese flag with a, a New, uh, New Zealand flag now. Yeah, wait, 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 wait till the test series is finished. I reckon. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> I never thought of that. Um, shall we have a look at the seconds? They had a busy week. Yeah, let's. Uh, first game of the week was on Wednesday, the second of June. That was abandoned because of rain down in Gloucester. Um, that was followed on Thursday by a couple of pretty heavy defeats to Warwickshire up at Barton Green. First game, Warwickshire made a massive 235 for three. Oh. Uh, Worcester replied with 150 all out. So, yeah. 85-run defeat. Uh, quick mention for Milton, though. He was the only one to get through to double figures. He made 77 knots out there, so a bit of resistance from him, but that's a huge total. And uh, you, you don't see that getting chased down very often in 20 overs, do you? No, I mean, that's that, that's an absolutely monster total. Getting bowled out for 150, you can't really blame him because you just got a swing from oh, the yeah, outset. Yeah, you've, yeah, you have, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, you, yeah, you've got to... Uh, it's another, another thing I asked for it, is a um, we fared a little bit better the second time round against Warwickshire, but still ended up with defeat. We scored 158 for six, batting first. Bantam made 72 in that one. Uh, Warwickshire got home in the 19th over, six wickets down. Uh, Baker and Bragg picked up a couple of wickets. They were 159 for six, so a defeat by four wickets to the local rivals. Right, so let's just get this straight. Um, we know what's going to happen with uh, with the game at New Road, and the Test match that was very disappointing. Sandy, that's very disappointing. The seconds getting hammered, that's very disappointing. Is there any danger of some good news? Well, there, there's some good news on the way. Okay, very well. Okay, Friday the 4th of June, Worcestershire beat Northamptonshire in the seconds. I spoke sorry, too soon. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, a big count for Worcester again, 198 for five this time in the 20 overs, and Vessels... 86 in that one, Milton 49, uh, Northamptonshire made 162 for nine, loads of wickets shared about there, so a good win on Friday, and they got another win Monday today, which is the 7th of June, and they beat Morgan by six wickets. Right, well, I mean, first and foremost, wins always feel nice, and uh, Wessels being back in amongst the runs is going to be important, because we're going to need him, because it's blast week, so, um, so that's promising. Okay, good. Any more wins to shout about, Daz? There are. There certainly are. Worcestershire, actually, Worcestershire second up to fourth in the table, which is uh, out of all 18 counties. So those wins are very important towards the end of the week. But let's move on to the Central Spark, shall we? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Well, first of all, they were in action, weren't they, last week? Well, so we were recording against uh, Western Storm, um, and they ended up winning that game with 41 runs. I can't think where they were when, uh, when we finished recording. But the Sparks have made that 295 for seven with Jones's 163, the star show. And um, in reply, the Storm were 254 for nine off their 50 overs. So uh, the Sparks were in that one by 41 runs. But the big one to mention was the game on Sunday. Yep, I've been I've been itching to get to this, Daz, to be honest. I was listening. I promise I was listening to all of the things that you have been saying, but I just wanted to get to this. Oh, look, one ball to come. You. Can she get this hat-trick? And it bowls the batter, and there's a hat-trick for Arlet. And she is bold. McCacken, first ball. He looks clueless. And that is a massive, massive over for the Sparks. Hat-trick for Arlet. Batsman look clueless. Brutal, but true. Daz! I tell you what, I don't think that was clueless. I think that ball was unplayable. You, you must have seen it. Yeah, actually, it is. Yeah, we retweeted it. That I mean, it was a four-wicket maiden, including a hat-trick and the final ball yeah. of the over. It just jagged back off the I mean, seam, that, took the top of off. Is, yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. 
the hat trick ball is unplayable. I, I, it's the first first of the hat trick was a sort of a full straight uh, bona fide LBW, and then the next one was a, a bit of a waft at a wide one, which was caught behind. That hat trick ball, I should say, pitched just outside off, come back in, uh, top of off. Absolutely, I, I can't think of anybody who could have played that. That was. If, if you're going to bowl a hat-trick ball, that's the one you want, isn't it? Yeah, so Emily Arlott, she had a fantastic day. Um, they were down uh, playing the Southern Vipers in Brighton, weren't they? And um, and they won that at a canter. Yeah, they did, yeah. Um, Emily took 5 for 29 off her eight overs in that one. Um, Southern Vipers chasing the Sparks. 2-2-4 were all out for 104, so a huge win for the Sparks uh, by 120 runs, isn't it? Good maths. Yes, I tell you what, it, it started a bit bleak, but you've uh, you've turned it round, Daz, with wins yeah, all over the, the option. End, we? we got there in the end. Bad start to the week, great finish to the week for the uh, for the Worcestershire watch. Uh, it's worth noting, gents, that um, they're playing at New Road this Saturday. And tickets are available via the Worcestershire website. They played three one three. Tickets are a tenner. Good value, isn't it? You've got to be all over that, surely. Yeah, ten quid to watch. Well, I mean, England. I'd I'd pay twice that just to watch Amy Jones bat. And I mean, Arla, she looks. She looks the absolute business. I know the, the, the Worcestershire Rapids, the women's side, have been going on about her and saying she's going to be a big deal. Well, she's starting to show it, isn't she? I mean, yeah, if uh, if you're in range, spend your Saturday down New Road and watch some seriously good cricket. Um, yeah, good point. Right, so from seriously good cricket to not so seriously good cricket, I think it's time for the meaty part of the show and uh, it's time to concern ourselves with what happened with the first 11. It was... Uh, it was sobering. After our, our delight, our fanfares, our excitement, and everything else that went with it when we won against Derbyshire, it, it didn't last long. Worcestershire beaten by 10 wickets. They were comprehensively outplayed by Durham. Um, gentlemen, initial reactions to the performance? Massively disappointing, underwhelming. You know, take your pick of all these all these words. Um, it was pretty much all over after day one, wasn't it? Um I, I'm loath to spend too much time talking about the game. A, because I don't think uh, it deserved it. And B, I think we're just going to be repeating some of the frailties that we've discussed on on previous episodes. Very true, Pete. For those who didn't follow it in any real detail, for once, Worcestershire didn't win the toss. Durham won the toss and decided to field, and it proved to be a very, very good decision. Worcestershire skittled out for 131. I mean, we were 20 for four. It was catastrophic, wasn't it? Wicket shared about Potts, four for 32. Cass, four for 25. Rain, Two for 26. Only Dolavera really offering any resistance with a really nuggety 39 not out. And uh, and that's about it, boys. Yeah, it was 111 balls, wasn't it, for Brett Dolavera? Batted really well. Looks looks to be in some good nick again, which is good going into the T20. But yeah, we started off nicely, 19 for no wicket. And then um, I checked back a few minutes later and the wickets were started tumbling. Some soft ones again, Jim, which is your uh, one of yeah, your issues this year. It's all about quality of cricket. It's not always about, you know, it's not always win is good and lose is bad. It's about quality of cricket. And let's look. I mean, Mitchell played around a straight one. Fell played around a straight one. Roderick showed no interest in playing cricket at all and played all the way around a straight one. Whiteley nicked off, which he just a ball he didn't have to play at and got caught by Borthwick at slip um, off Ben Rain. He just, again, playing with his hands away from his body and it was poor. And Dolavera stood out. Dolavera stood out because he applied his technique and applied some mental fortitude, kept his hands close to his body, played the ball under his eye line. There were still good balls he had to navigate, and it was a really difficult, challenging conditions to bat in. And that, you know, But you face that, and good players just limit their shots, limit the risk, try and avoid the good ones, leave well, and don't go wafting outside off stump. So Dolavera, hats off to him. But at one three one, all out, you, you never feel confident, do you? You're totally right about Dolly, actually. I mean, the ball that got him in the second innings in the end was one that just kept so low. He couldn't do anything about it, really. He'd have to need all the luck in the world to, to keep that one out. So, um, absolutely superb. And, and Jake Libby, again, what would we do without him? Yeah. Um, so, in reply to our one three one all-out, Durham piled on the runs. As always, a century scored. Uh, Beddingham was back in amongst the runs. Uh, 381 all out. Tongue came up with some credit. Four for 73. But, I mean, we were never really in control of this, were we? We never felt like we were going to keep them un- keep them in check. And it was only really a, a very strong end to the innings where we, we took the last five wickets for 76 runs. 
but but at that point, a 250 run deficit, you're in trouble. What what did you make of the bowling performance, lads? Yeah, as you say, Tom come up with a bit of credit. I thought Tennyson bowled quite well again. Um, two for 79, wasn't it? Uh, he looked, uh, looked pretty good again, actually. He kept it pretty tight. Um, but again, little support elsewhere. And as you say, we bowled very well at the end of the innings, which is um, we've done a few times, haven't we? But yeah, I mean, they'll be disappointed they didn't get to 400 from where they were. They they should have quite comfortably got there, and, and we did well to keep it down. But keeping it to 380 when you've only got 130 on the board. I was concerned, really. I thought Pennington in in the op- the opening spell, Leach and Pennington looked they didn't bowl with any real threat. You didn't feel like much was going to happen. Leach in the first innings, he looked tired. He he looked he looked like a man who wasn't fit. He didn't look like a threatening opening bowler, and um... I think he's feeling a lot of pressure as well. But that's how it seems to me. He feels like he needs to lead from the front, and that might not be that uh, might not be suiting him at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's the psychological element of watching Leach come in, not be able to beat the bat, not you know, not going past the outside edge, and the wicketkeeper standing up to the stumps in the third over, and a batsman just playing him off middle peg with the middle of his bat, as easy as you like. I find that disconcerting for your for your kind of the leader of your attack and your opening bowler. Or Pennington was fine without being particularly good with the new ball. Well, I mean, case in point, they're 134 for two at one point, so we obviously didn't bowl well at the start. Um, the uh, the fact that the fact that we um, we seem to bowl to a plan a little bit better come the second day and managed to, I mean, I mean, well, I say managed to come out with it with a bit more credibility in terms of performance. But yeah, 300 and, uh, 381 all out, a lead of 250. It's it's save. We were in save the game mode by the end of the first day, and we've had to say that a little bit too often for my liking. As I said beforehand, it's um, you know it's the same same things that we've mentioned in previous episodes. Not enough consistency, you know, with the with the ball not not hitting the top of off. Too easy to score off as well. You know, if you're not taking wickets, you've you've got to keep it tight. Um, and then the fragility in terms of the the middle order, meaning that we were struggling with the bat and against a side like Durham, who have surprised me a little bit this year. Um, I, I won't. I don't know why, because they've got quality players, but. Uh, yeah, we've been undone by them twice now. But, you know, I like to be positive. We did well to claw it back in the second innings in terms of the bowling performance. And we did dig in in our second innings and at least, you know, make them bat again and, and put some runs on the board. So not a good performance, but, but at least we did show some steel uh, in the second half of the match. Well, you're absolutely right, Pete. 336 we made in our second innings, and we, you know, there were certain people that did show some real grit. Jake Libby, yet again, I know, I know, he got dropped before he made his ton, but 126 he made, and he stuck about for 210 balls. Dolavera, yet again, at 46, but a really gutsy 46. He got done by one that kept low. Barnard got 34 not out off 80 balls. He batted properly. He looked like a real proper cricketer. But um, Mitchell, he's a walking wicket at the moment. Roderick, he treated himself to a pair. Uh, Whiteley, for yet again, contributed basically nothing. And the sad reality is, is that as, as bad as we were and as outplayed as we were, is that in that second innings, if Mitchell and Roderick and Whiteley had just offered us 20 just find me 20 from somewhere. Just stick about and use some technique. Get a few bruises. Find me find me 20 runs, lads. And then all of a sudden, we could have asked them a really nasty little chase. We could have we could have put a bit of pressure on them. That's the frustrating thing, isn't it? I mean, you can talk about Whiteley and the taking bruises and that. Well, how about not wafting at one that's half a mile outside the Austin? Yeah. Yeah. Be nice, wouldn't it, when you're in <laughs> yeah. disarray and you're trying to save the game? It's a, it's know. a sad indictment that, that Josh Tung, as the as the night watchman, showed more application and technique. But um, let's talk about Jake Libby for a moment because it's been a really difficult season for Worcestershire, and you've got to take the rough with the smooth. And it's just this one's been a rough one. It, yeah, it happens. It is the way it is. I still love him, and Jake Libby has been fabulous. Is there a better opener in county cricket at the moment? Statistically, no. If you look at the look at the averages. Uh, he tops it, him and Burns, and uh, Burns is already in the England side. Jake Dibby isn't. So, no, I don't think there is. Well, it was interesting that we talked about um, Hasib Hamid, who's been called up into the England squad as cover. So, statistically, Jake Libby has had a much better season. Hamid has only got two centuries this season, and they were both in that game at New Road, where I'm pretty sure both of us would have gotten a 50, Pete. Um, Daz would have gotten a lot more. We'll get on to Daz's batting exploits later <laughs> on. <laughs> So really, that, I mean, that, that, that crazy game where Libby got 100 and, and Hamid got 200s, 
you take that one sort of anomaly of a wicket out of it, and Libby's streets ahead of Hamid, but he didn't didn't get a look in. No, puzzling one, isn't it? Puzzling one. But um, but as Daz so succinctly pointed out a couple of weeks ago, um, we don't really want Jake Libby in the England squad because if Jake Libby's in the England squad, who is going to score any runs? I mean, at the moment, I, I, I can argue I like Daryl Mitchell, but it just I don't know whether it's age catching up with him or whether he's just having a bad year. But he's he's offering nothing, and I think the way that Dolly's applied himself is there an argument to stick Brett Dolivera at the top of the order with Jake Libby? There is an argument for that. I thought Dolivera was really good for us when he was an opener. Mitchell's a funny one. He, he has these seasons now and again where, where he doesn't meet some, you know, his usual high standards. I, I think for me, the point I keep coming back to is a few years ago, we were spoiled with our, our middle order. Obviously, when you remove the likes of Hicks, Alanky Smith from any side with the experience that they had, we seem to be lacking that, that um, savviness, I guess you could call it, and also that experience in our current middle order. Obviously, Roderick was bought in 100 first-class games, age 29, as a way of bolstering that experience, but he doesn't have that X factor, and he's not really performing at the moment. Obviously, we lose Moen Ali to a lot of county championship games. He brings composure. He brings style to our top order. Whiteley and Vessels are meant to be our county stalwarts, if you like, but they don't seem to have the four-day mentality and with the resources that we have available, it then falls to the likes of your Haynes, your Dell, your Miltons of this world to uh, to come in and do, fill the void. And that can be hit or miss. You know, obviously Haynes has done well this season, but it's a lot to expect the youngster to come in and, and, and bridge the gap. So there's well, certainly an argument to to change the order around. But well, I mean, I, I think I sort of like I sort of like Oliveira where he is because he seems to be scoring runs at the moment. And I think moving it around, you run the risk of maybe unsettling that a little bit. Yeah, maybe. But I'd rather he was scoring fifties, um, sixties and 70s at the top of the order and putting a base there. I mean, Barnard, why he's not batting at six, I don't know. Um, he wants to bat at six. I think he's earned the right. Uh, well, here's one for you. So why is it Why is it that Brett D'Oliveira is sticking about and putting up with the chin music and um, applying himself and restricting his scoring shots and using his common sense and playing the game situation and the likes of Whiteley and Wessel's don't seem to want to do the same thing. It's not because it's not because they can't. Like when it comes to mentality, you know, is that is that on the coach? I mean, somebody far more qualified than I would be able to answer that, and I guess only only they can answer that. As you say, it comes down to mentality. I mean, they're notoriously better one day players. Vessels has, has got a very good one day career. Whiteley is known as our T Twenty specialist. So I don't know whether. You, you well, say they obviously can, uh, but yeah, it just seems that they're, they're far more effective in one-day cricket than four-day cricket. Well, what, what I mean by that is that they're professional cricketers. They're at work. It's their job. They have the hand-eye coordination to play cricket. So why don't they play cricket in a slightly different way? Why They've got people around them that can teach them the, the joys of technique. They've been doing it for their whole lives. Do you know what I mean? That's what I mean is that you go, well, I couldn't possibly play a forward defensive. I couldn't possibly leave one outside off stump because I normally hit the ball for six in a short-form game. It's like, well, we'll play Milton then or play Dell. It's not a lack of ability. It's a lack of application, it seems. And is that on the coach? Like, Otherwise, what is he for? I, I, I agree I, with you. Um, I just think as well, we're not the only team that, that have this issue. You know, this this is something that's been put at the England team for a while, isn't it? With us uh, playing daft shots, particularly our expansive middle order uh, play daft shots when we're under pressure. Um, oh, don't, don't get me started on Zach Crawley. <laughs> oh, God. So um, uh, we're not the only side. So maybe levelling it all at the door of Gidman is maybe, maybe a tad unfair. But it, it, is a, it is a perfectly good point. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not, I don't know whether it's him or not. I don't know, you know. This is obviously a problem. Sticking about is obviously a problem. If you get done by a good ball, if you just get outplayed, if you're just not able to get a bat on it, I totally understand it. But as Daz said, like if you're wafting at one, if you're if you're having going for a flat-footed waft outside off stump, or you plant your front foot and then try and play round it and get done, you know, and the ball's going to hit halfway up middle unless you, unless your pad gets in the way. Like at what at what point do you say, look, just sort your technique out? Like what what does the coach do if he keeps allowing players to make these decisions over and over again that are fundamentally flawed and are going to cost us cricket matches. We can't answer that question because we're not there. Maybe Alex Gibbon is a brilliant coach and the players just won't do it and they've got serious problems in keeping their job come the end of the season. It just, watching that performance, I just kind of thought, well, what are they working on? What are they practising? What <laughs> what are they doing between games? We, we could probably try and dissect this for, for quite a while, but 
it was a it was a naff performance. It was a bit of a come down, massive disappointment, uh, big come down after the uh, previous week. And uh, we have the reprieve of T20 next, so at least we can uh, turn our attention to that instead. That is fair enough. Let's quickly wrap this up then. So Durham didn't have a lot to do. They had to chase 86. They did it without losing a wicket. They did it in 20 overs. 10 wicket victory for Durham. It was what it was, and what it was was yet again another hammering. So there we are. Um, table doesn't look for great reading, but we have the T20 Blast coming up. It's starting this week, and we are, generally speaking, a lot better at the short form of the game. And I think with Ben Dwarshish on his way, a bit of variation with Ish Sodi, a cunning spinner, we should be in better shape. Although we won't be starting with um, a couple of key youngsters, will we, Pete? No, there's... Uh... Injury for Jack Haynes, which meant he missed out this week. Uh, and from an interview with Gibman, it sounds like he might be out for a while, which is a real shame because he was uh, he was looking good. And uh, Pat Brown has, I believe, had a recurrence of an injury. So he's going to be missing for at least the first two games and we wait for a further update. Yep, it's a shame because they're a talented pair. Um, but, uh, but we'll crack on. Uh, we're white ball warriors. Onwards and upwards. And now, this. Honours board. <laughs> As always, we like to take a moment to uh, acknowledge the achievements of players that don't play for Worcestershire and who make key contributions for their side in county cricket. So, who have you got this week, Pete? Well, I'm going back to a team I went to last week, the Upton Steelers, or Leicestershire as they're commonly known. And <laughs> I've taken Dazzy's comments on board. Uh, about it being a centurion uh, board rather than a a cricketing honours board. So I've gone for a bowler and I have gone for Callum Parkinson. Um, In the first innings, uh, Leicester did bat first. He was 24 not out in a massive total of 451. Good, but we'll move on. Gloucestershire first innings, they were skittled out for 158 and he picked up 5 for 45 off 18 overs. Leicestershire enforced a follow-on. And he picked up a second five for five to 63 off 32 overs as Gloucestershire was skittled out for 200 and Leicestershire picked up a comfortable win. So my nomination is Callum Parkinson. Right. Daryl Butler, thoughts? Yeah, he's struggling to argue with that. So uh, two great innings with the ball, isn't it? A couple of fifers. One inside the game. That's what it's all about. Fantastic performance. Uh, can't, can't argue with it. Well done, Pat. Well done for not going for a centurion. Yeah, 10, ten wicket haul. Yeah, spot on. Yeah, yeah Marcus Harris mean, would have been the easy pick there. So Harris, yeah, Harris yet again followed up his one eight five with a one hundred and forty eight. Unless you win a couple of games in a row, um, they're on a roll and more power to them. Pete, it's a straightforward. It's a ten wicket haul. There's no way you can't have it. Have yourself an honours board. Congratulations. That's the uh, first time we've had brothers on the honours board as well, isn't it? I think. Eh? Oh yes, of course. He's um, Matt, first. Matt Parkinson's brother, isn't he? Yeah, we've had Matt Parkinson on there, haven't we? Oh no, you didn't let me have him on, did you? Actually, no, you didn't. We didn't. I, I was. Know, I was, I was didn't make it, did he? It was. It was a long time ago, oh. Daz. It was a different world yeah. back then. Was well, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Daz well, we didn't appreciate bowlers back then, did we? Daz, <laughs> who do you like then this week for your honour pair honours board mention? I think there's only one place to go, and it's to Headingley, where Yorkshire were playing Sussex, and the young 16-year-old from Sussex, Daniel Ibrahim, made his first-class debut and his first knock scored 55. Um, he then took the wicket of Tom Cola-Cadmore in the Yorkshire innings uh, and before sadly uh, uh, departing for a duck in the, uh, in the in the third innings of the match. Uh, they did lose that match by an innings, uh, but uh, I think it's a brilliant debut for a 16-year-old. And he's actually a Lancastrian lad as well, so to, do, uh, to get a 50 in your first-class match against your, your arch-rivals, Yorkshire, I think it's a fantastic achievement. So uh, here we go for Daniel Ibrahim. Right, so... Ah, uh, well, he's the youngest player in county cricket to score a 50. That's brilliant. I mean, it's brilliant. Unfair. And it unfair, was, I think. Um, well, do you know what? I think you're right, mate. Yeah, I think so. I mean, we haven't announced whether he's going to get on the honours board, but at the very least, he deserves one of these. <laughs> I mean, he got he got a duck in his second innings, but I think we can we can let that lie. I think fifty five as a, he's a kid, he's an, he's a child, he's yeah. a child, and he got fifty five against a serious Yorkshire attack. You know, people like Code and Patterson and, and David Willey, they're they're serious, they're, they it's, are it's, serious it's, operators. Very um, very good cricketers. The the fact that he's a Lancastrian, that's really nice, 
and the little added bonus from a Worcestershire point of view, uh, nicking out Tom Culler Cadmore. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? I mean, it's there are people. I mean, Brown got a century. Uh, David Milan got 199. They didn't win the game, but I, youngest kid to get a get a half century in county cricket. I'm I'm putting him on. I had to workshop that as I was going, as I was waffling away. He's going on, Daz. I'm backing you. It's up to Pete. Go on, Pete. So you got some half. We shouldn't be petty, but Daz has had a brilliant week and I don't want to spoil it. And when I said everything petty, he got the wicket of Tom Cola Cadmore and that's good enough for me. So he's on. Well, there we are. Do you know what? I, oh, I could have gone either way, wouldn't, couldn't it? 16 years old. Good lad. Right. Well, uh, he, here's where I'm going with things. I, there's two people. Do you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nominate I'm gonna nominate two people because I can't, I can't decide. One, the, the standout innings of... Of this week's round of county cricket, it's, it's, it's David Milan, 199, 558 all out. He scored 199. Only one other person made a 50 in that side. 289 balls, 22 fours, two sixes. Strike rate of 68.86, which is pretty nifty for county cricket. His side of one, and after Yorkshire stumbling a little bit, they have put themselves right back into contention for... Um, well, actually, potentially for top spot. They're now only four points behind Lancashire. So I'm going to go for David Milan. We haven't heard much from him recently, have we? Because he's been busy playing the short form of the game. He's my pick. What do you think? I think we'd be hypocritical if we didn't put him on. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, he's, he's an obvious shout. Oh, go on. He's a bit old to be going on, I think, to be honest with you. I mean, how old is he now? He's not a 16-year-old, is he? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's just, I get a bit weird. Though. Like, he's like 29 yeah. or something. <laughs> he's 33. Lovely. I think he's that old. No, what a great knock, 199. Uh, yeah, well, what can you say about that? He must have 199 average for the season as well now, so if he keeps that up, he'll have a good season. Yeah, I'd, I'd just uh, feign injury for the last game yeah. of this section. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'll take my 199 yeah. average, thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd have insisted they declared and had the knock out out of it as well. Yeah, well, I mean, just get your 200, you Wally, but never mind. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> um, so there we are. I mean, that was quite... Compared to last, last week with a lot of good team performances, there weren't so many... Um, standout performances, but we've got a record breaker. We've got someone who was just shy of a double hundred. We've got someone with a ten wicket haul. We're doing it right, lads. It's absolutely fine. Um, Sorry, Jim, you said you were going to double dip. Oh yeah, I was going. Here's what's going to double dip. Well, the the reason for it, right, was because I mean, technically, it's not county cricket, but it's a bit like I feel guilty for the fact that Amy Jones has scored a billion squillion runs for the Central Sparks, and we haven't put them on the honours board. And um, obviously this happened. Oh, look, one ball to come. Can she get this hat-trick? And it bowls the batter, and that's a hat-trick for Arlott. And she has bowled McCacken. First ball, he looks clueless. And that is- if you make anybody of that quality look clueless, <laughs> that's got to be worth a mention. Well, the criteria is, is people what not play for Worcestershire, and she was playing for the Central Sparks. So I suggest that uh, uh, Amy Jones and Emily Arlott make our honours board and uh, they get a little fanfare for their performances to go with it. <laughs> oh, I tell you what, we're throwing out fanfares like confetti. If we're doing that, then I may as well mention the fact that someone made their test debut and got a double hundred and got himself on the honours board as well. So, Devon yeah, Conway... Yeah, let's be positive. Devon Conway, this is for you as well, Tiger. There we are. Worcestershire men's first 11 may be rubbish, but the seconds have won a few on the bounce. The central sparks are basically unplayable. And, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit in love with the New Zealand test side. I wish England were a little bit braver. So there we are. Uh, I suppose then what we should probably do is um, is wrap up um, the rest of the county action. Warwickshire, top of the table, as we pointed out. They won by 191 runs against Derbyshire. The whipping boys, really, of the group. As we've mentioned, thanks to uh, Callum Parkinson, Leicestershire win yet again an innings and 93 runs against Gloucester, who are wobbling a little bit. And uh, Glamorgan beat Lancashire by six wickets, so Group 3 is getting all kinds of saucy. Uh, elsewhere, um, Essex and Nottinghamshire match drawn, couldn't even get halfway through the third innings in that one. Really weird one with Somerset and Hampshire. Somerset kept batting and kept batting and kept batting. 360 all-out plays, 311 all-out. Somerset batted halfway through the fourth day, made 400 and gave themselves 20 overs to try and bowl at Hampshire. Baffling, match drawn. Kent, Northamptonshire, match drawn. 
Batters Paradise down there in Canterbury and Yorkshire won by an innings and 30 runs. Largely thanks to that David Milan 199, but of course, good on the young lad Ibrahim. I can't get enough of it. What a, what a fine young man. 16. I don't think I was leaving my bedroom at 16. I was just a I was just a grunt in a hoodie. <laughs> anyway, all three of us to be fair, Jim. Right, let's move on. Um, Daryl, you've got something to share with us, haven't you? Because you were rather busy on Sunday afternoon, weren't you? I was very busy Sunday afternoon. I was playing cricket for the first time in at least two years, Jim. Right. Come on, then. How did this come about, and who on earth were you playing for? I was playing for the Birmingham Unicorns, which is a new LGBT team up, up in Birmingham, obviously, up in Selly Oak. Uh, and they had the first game was scheduled uh, a couple of weeks ago during that wet week we had in, in the end of May against Gracie's, which is the established LGBT team down in London. Uh, now that was rained off, and I was actually going to go up there and, and do a little bit for the podcast uh, and, and have a chat with the uh, have a chat with the team and have a chat with uh, Lattelon, who set the uh, the club up. Uh, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, so I ended up going along to their training session on the following Monday. Uh, lo and behold, two weeks later. I've got the call and I'm in the team for this week's game against a, a Warwickshire cricket board eleven. <laughs> so you're, ba- you're basically you went you went to go and do a report again for the podcast, and you've, you, you're the you're the kid who bought his boots, and now you're playing well, in the team. That's exactly it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did they? I went, did they? I went, I went. I went from fourteenth man to thirteenth man to tenth man very quickly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was going to say, like, what happened? Was there a bout of food poisoning? What, what was the situation? They're going, oh, God, we better get Daz in the side. What's happening? Yeah, well, yeah, I think everybody left. Uh, I'd like to romanticise it and say it was like the John Arlott story when he played down at New Road for, um, for Hampshire. But uh, no, it's nothing of the sort, really. Um, like a, like a careless caterer, Daz. Like a careless caterer. That escalated <laughs> as quick as a chip pan fire, didn't it? <laughs> Be honest with you. When you told us, oh, me and me and Pete have been loving this. Um, when when they said, "Oh, can you play?" and you instinctively went, "Yeah," how oh, nervous yeah, were you on Saturday? No, I was fine Saturday. Actually, when I got nervous, and then actually I was fine Sunday morning because I woke up Sunday morning at about half eight, and it was absolutely pouring down. So I was, oh, well, this is off, isn't it? This is going to be off. So I texted the head. So uh, presume this is off. I get no. all these messages back. Birmingham was as dry as a bone. Everyone's coming back to me going, no, what are you talking about? There's no rain here. Um, and it hit there about sort of an hour after it, it hit here. So um, I uh, got, got my boots ready. Off I went. Um, and I, I was getting nervous when we were batting. We batted first, won the toss, had a bat. Uh, and I, was, I came in at 10 in the end. So I spent about 32 overs getting more and more nervous as we went along. Um, well, now, Pete, you you and Daz go back a long way. We're all good mates, but you and you and Daz go back a really long way. So I imagine you're quite protective of each other in a kind of weird, like bullyingish kind of way. Were you worried for Daz? Were you kind of nervous for him? I was. It was daft. Uh, all Sunday morning, I was uh, I, I was just waiting for updates, uh, and I was really nervous for him because I want him to do well, but I don't want him to do that, that well because. Daz comes with an ego, and if his ego gets too big, you don't hear about him. You don't hear about anything else for about the next month. So I wanted him to do well. I wanted him to score a run. I wanted him to take a catch. But I didn't want him to do so well that we never heard the end of it. Yeah, and I was the same. I, I, I was really I was really hoping things would pan out for him. I'm really brave of you to do it, Daz. Good on you. And more to the point, um, a big shout-out to the um, uh, Birmingham Unicorn side as well. In their first ever game, Daz, that's a bit of history. And as we always point out, this game is for everyone. And we love you and we're proud of you for doing it. So here's the thing. Pete's mum has suggested that he has hit double figures, but we know for a fact that his, his highest adult score at any level of cricket is three. You said that you came in at number 10 with like what four overs to go yeah. uh so come on then break it down what happened mate did well, you get more than three did i get more than jim i doubled it yeah <laughs> <laughs> i like, like saying one ball but definitely wasn't the case so. <laughs> well we had a bit of a mini <laughs> doubled pete score that's what i'm talking about <laughs> had a bit of a mini collapse went from uh one 119 for three to 121 for six. So that's when I started getting nervous. But uh, yeah, I came in at 149 for eight. Uh, the captain was in and he said, I just want to get to 160. So um, hang around with me. I'll get the runs. And then once we get to 160, we'll have a bit of fun, which is pretty much what happened. So I just blocked everything out. 
got to the 160 with about 10 balls to go and then uh, a few swing and misses. I did connect with one, got, got a boundary with the one in the last over. A couple of, couple of cheeky singles down the leg side and, uh, and I was out stumped on the last ball of the innings having an absolutely massive heave. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, can we, just, can we backtrack? Did what? I just hear in there that you hit a boundary? Yeah, <laughs> in front of square as well. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Dad. So, right, you got, so you hit a boundary, that's highlight reel right there. Um, yeah, and you got you got six. You got out go, going for an absolute mo last ball. That's legit. That sounds yeah, like a proper innings. How many yeah. balls did you face? Fourteen. Fourteen I mean, balls, six. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you you know, you kept up an end. You you, you got your inner yeah, Matthew it. Hoggard, and um, yeah, hey, mate, yeah. twenty six run partnership at the end of the innings. Four overs. I'm happy with that. Good lad. I mean, cricket. <laughs> let's be honest. The next call up might be for this. Oh, Daz, proud of you, mate. Well, well done. Yeah, so, I'm come on, then. Disappointed did... I didn't get in time to take Sandeep's place in the side, to be fair. But more importantly, did you win? Sadly not. Uh, they gave us a bit of a tonk in actually in the field. Oh, we had for one of the first over. It was, uh, I think, went to 18 for two in the end. But they had two absolute brutes in after that who uh, had a little bit of a look and then started hitting uh, some very large sixes. There was How... a big row of houses at Cow Corner. One of them very nearly cleared it. But uh, really? destroyed a pile at the top of the house, um, and they they got to the target in twenty uh, twenty one overs. Oh blimey! Yeah, that's that's yeah, a, bit of a bit of a tonk in the end. Mind I did, you. however, set my hand to wicket keeping. Um, yeah. So whilst I'm a rubbish, I'm whilst I'm a rubbish uh, cricketer, I'm, I'm fancy myself as a half decent goalkeeper when I play football, and uh, and the uh, the wicket keeper Glenny dislocated his finger in about the third or fourth over. So uh, so the cap stepped up. And oh, uh, mate. exciting news, this might be worth a fanfare. Big fat zero in the buys column. Uh, mate, I've got to go back into the audio and then retrieve that. I can't be bothered. Uh, but look, imagine a fanfare. We've we've done about 400 <laughs> fanfares. Yeah, we're handing about like confetti. Yeah. I don't I mean, want to burst try... your bubble, does, but the wicketkeeper didn't dislocate his finger. They'd just seen you bowl in the net, so they wanted to uh, keep, keep your way for them. Wanted to make sure. <laughs> Like when when you're a kid at school, then it's like the fat kid who goes in goal because he's got really expensive gloves. Yeah, yeah. Now, Daz, look, mate. I mean, hey, it takes courage to step up and you know go. Yeah, I'll play in front of a whole bunch of strangers to go to Birmingham to do it, and 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 to absolutely hammer Peter de Sonberg's personal best, yeah, mate. Absolutely, I'm going going for twelve next time. Uh, Pete, I I mean, I'm sure you're the same as me, mate. We're dead proud of you, son. Absolutely, well done, mate. Um, and that on sincere and kind note, you won't hear us three being like that ever again. Um, uh, let's right move. <laughs> let's move on uh, to any other business. So, Pete, you set the homework last week. Remind us. Yeah, with fans being back at New Road last week, I thought it was a nice opportunity to just revisit your favourite New Road memory. So, Jim. Let's start with you. What is your what is your New Road memory? You know, I first started going to New Road in like 91 or something. I had junior membership and all that sort of caper. And I played there. And, I, you know, you see decades of international cricketers. And the, the one thing that I kept coming back to when I thought I couldn't figure out like a game or a performance or a player that really stood out. Every time I asked my brain to engage in your question, the same answer came up first every time. And that was my favourite New Road memory was playing cricket in the car park next to where the playground bit was. You know where the old scoreboard was? And then <laughs> yeah. all, the, all the kids, when we were watching the game, would get the black black plastic bin and put that there as a wicket. <laughs> and all the kids, the people you didn't know, you'd take it in turn to bat or to bowl, and there'd be cars either side of us. So it was like this little kind of, it was like playing um, alleyway cricket or corridor cricket. And we'd just do that for hours. So for all the brilliant got, games I've seen, for all the international superstars, for the you know the, the cup finals I've seen at Lords that Worcestershire have played in the semi-finals we've we've won to get there, that's my memory. It's being eleven years old and playing cricket with my mates and a bunch of strangers with a cheap bat and a tennis ball, just leathering cars all over the option and just whiling away a sunny afternoon. Do you know what? I'd I'd forgotten this, but yeah, now you've mentioned it. I can recall Daz and I have also taken guard in front of that black bin. It's a rites of passage, mate. We've all done it on the boundary where you pick a letter on the advertising hoardings and hit the ball out in towards the square at the end of the game and all that sort of caper. But that, that was um, that was the one for me. It just kept coming back. Um, so there we are. Nothing to do with anything happening on the playing surface. Um, kids just knocking about. Lovely stuff. 
there we are. I should get some sort of nostalgic music, shouldn't I? <laughs> well, you know that, that music from the Hovis advert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great words think alike. <laughs> I'll um, I'll edit some Hovis music in. Yeah, great. Idea. <laughs> right. Um, uh, it makes me feel like I've gone a little bit uh, done boring now. Tim, uh, I almost then, Jim. Oh, babes, bless you. Right. I, I mean, all those semi-finals you talked about, I went for one. Yeah. Uh, I'm feeling a bit guilty now. Um, do you remember 2003? The CNG Trophy run? We won't talk about the final, but the semi-final was one of the greatest games of cricket ever played, I think. And it was a searing hot day at New Road. I think it touched over 40 degrees at one point. Um... Worcestershire playing Lancashire in the semi-final. Yeah. And batting first, got 254 for five. Hickey got a 97 there. But it was all about the uh, the run chase, and Lancashire were on their way home, really. Um, they were 247 for six, I think, going into the... Uh, for seven, sorry, going into the last over. Seven runs to win. They had Malloy at one end, 116 not out. Uh, four wickets down, seven runs last over. It's a dead circuit, isn't it, really? Uh, and then Andrew Hall bowls Alan the most unbelievable uh, six perfect Yorkers, uh, nerves of steel. Um, three well, took two wickets and there was a run out as well. So three wickets and just one run off the over. Won the game by six runs and um, got through to the final that day. And the the, the, the pitch invasion, the, the cheering after every delivery, every dot ball being roared. Um, and as, as youngster, that uh, that got me into the game. Really, uh, never played the game before that. Never really watched much cricket before that, and uh, and that was the really you were that late to it. Oh, that's ace. See, I, I remember, and the it was the with the tension ratcheting up. There's yeah. something about it, like people hitting fours and sixes for fun, people chasing down twenty four off the last over. That's exciting to a point, but when batsmen start thinking, I'm not sure where I get a run here. There's something very, yeah. um, there's a very specific sort of tension and anxiety that comes with not being able to get the ball away. So um, well, it, 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 it Warren Hegg on strike, and they, they, they'd, um, they'd left Mal Lloyd then on striker's end, which obviously helped. I mean, the, the, he was on 116, he finished on, so he'd have won the game for them if he'd got on strike. But they... Well, that was what made that over more exciting, wasn't it? As you say, they couldn't get Mal Lloyd on strike, and every time the ball no. went into any space, the crowd were just anxious for a Worcestershire player to pick it up as quickly as they could and get it in. And as soon as they did, the ground breathed a sigh of relief. There was a reset and we went again and it happened ball after ball after ball. It was absolutely magnificent. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, isn't it, how, how nothing can be exciting. You know, a bit like that Ben Duckett over with Wayne Parnell in, the, in 2017 in the, or was it 18, in the uh, T20. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it was like the, the 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 not scoring of any runs at all can be absolutely joyous, uh, and yeah. it's a really good shout, Daz. It's a very um, it's a very that's a cricket fan's choice, isn't it? That sort of thing. Yeah, um, absolutely. I mean, people forget as well that the penultimate over, Kabir Ali took uh, took Don Chappell out with a couple of balls to go. The penultimate over, and he was well set. He was on in the, in the forties, I think. And again, I think they'd have got home if he'd, he'd stayed in. So that was that was as important a wicket as, as any of the deliveries that, that Hall bowled in the final over. Um, I think people forget that, but uh, that, that, those last two overs were incredible. Like I say, that, that uh, made me love the game. Right, um, that leaves the homework setter, Peter de Sonberg. Well, I mean, there were many, many options I could have picked here. I've mentioned Glenn McGrath in previous overs. I remember a number of his fouls, but... I've got I've got a game. It's another Lancashire game, funnily enough. But before I do, I just want to touch on a game against Warwickshire. We couldn't really not mention a derby at, at New Road. It was a game back in 2007 uh, in the Friends Provident Trophy. And Warwickshire set 303 to 6 off 50 overs. Now, at that time, you know, over 300 was a, was a massive score, wasn't it? And it still is to a degree, but it's less, less threatening these days. And I remember it vividly because the Warwickshire fans who had, had had a few to drink during the first inning were convinced that they'd won the game. They, they, they almost thought, like, don't need to watch this. We're off. And they were right. Uh, apart from, they didn't factor in Phil Jakes and Vikram Solanke putting on 223 for the first <laughs> wicket. And we got home with four overs to spare, having scored 307 for two. And <laughs> it was, I mean, Solanke finished not out 144. Um, and they went from being absolutely elated to being completely dejected inside about 10, 10 overs when they realised that we were just piling up the runs. So a, a quick nod to that one, but um, the game I've gone for is back in 2001, and it's the uh, Norwich Union League Division 2, and I say we're at home to Lancashire. Good start, 
we're 40 for no wicket. And then unfortunately, uh, Peter Martin, Glenn Chappell, uh, Michael Smethurst and Andrew Flintoff get into the, uh, into the wickets and we are skittled out for 99. 99 off 34.5 overs. Terrible watch. You know, we, we felt like the, uh, the Warwickshire fans did at, at the end of that game that I've just mentioned. However, it all, all was not lost because Andy Bickle got Michael Apperson out early for two and the wickets tumbled regularly uh, and we skittled Lancashire out for 89 with Andy Bickle taking three for 23, Kabir Ali two for 22, Stuart Lampett two for 18 and Jim, one of your favourite cricketers, Alan Gear Sherriar, three yes. for 23. I love so, him. Uh, he was... At 99 all out, beat Lancashire, 89 all out. Uh, and again, like Daz, I was a, a youngster at the time. It was one of the games that I remember thinking really got me into cricket, despite a, a run rate of, of about three for both innings. Just, just brilliant, aren't they? Yeah. I don't like you, it you when you guys, that. when you, if you reference, if you reference games that are round about the millennium, and kept saying that you were a young person. You were born in 1987. <laughs> you were born in 1987. You were drinking beer then. Not quite, Jim. Not quite. <laughs> I was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, I mean, those two get that proves you don't you don't need runs to have an exciting game, do you? It's uh, ninety nine all out, eighty nine all out, lovely job. Well, did Murray play that game? He did. Yeah, yeah he, he, did, um, he only bowled four overs, four overs for two runs. He wasn't needed because the seamers took the wickets. It was Flintoff that did the damage, three to sixteen off six overs for him. Uh, but fortunately, he failed with the bat because he was mopped up again by Bickle uh, for two. So. Um, yeah, brilliant game. Yeah, quality. Alan Gear Sherry, one of my all-time favourites. Like he, he was uh, basically bold, but still had a mullet, and I don't know how he managed it. Like it was the, it was the most optimistic scrape back, wasn't it? The hairstyle. <laughs> but he was a really good bowler. I really liked him. He had character, and he wore the earrings. He spent a bit of time down in Kent as well. I, I, I was a big fan of him. A bit, of, a bit of a cult hero, I think. Alan Gear Sherry, and um, You're a bit too trendy for, for me. Embarrass me. For, for about four or five years, he was a really good county pro, and I don't quite know. What happened there? Anyway, gentlemen, lovely, lovely to kind of have a merry dance down memory lane. Two uh, cracking victories against Lancashire. Back in the day, we had some brilliant ding-dong battles with them, didn't we? Yeah, um, there's some good, some great games against Lancashire down the years, isn't there? So, um, just a nod to Pete. We mentioned Pete's um, cousin, uh, Pete's nephew, didn't we, last week? Uh, he's a Lancastrian lad. So, Freddie, uh, we've, got the, we've got one over your boys again. Yeah, so Freddie, uh, future England captain Freddie, um, your Lancashire boys—they're not—they're not the way forward. Come and be a pair. Come on, come Absolutely and be a pair. Right. Absolutely right. And on that piece of, uh, well, let's be honest—is that? I mean, that's grooming, isn't it? That's uh, on that piece of uh, <laughs> um, open manipulation of a young person to come to the dark side and join the pairs. We should probably let it go. Um, right, I think that'll probably just about do us. So, if you want to get hold of us, you can find us in the usual places. Just head to Twitter. Our handle is at on underscore a underscore pair. If you want to get hold of Daryl Butler, he's at Dazza B back home, all one word. If you want to get hold of me, I'm Jim Dale. It's at James F. Dale. If you want to get hold of Peter de Somberg, he'll be weeping into his cocoa at the thought that he's even worse at batting than Daryl Butler. Peace. I saw